Aloha and welcome to my Messy Little Life podcast. This is episode 48, Sentimental. Immediately after getting married, we moved from Maui to Oahu in a hurry. The economy was crashing and it was becoming harder and harder to make money where we were. We found out during the week of our wedding in September that we would be moving November 1st. We had almost no money at the time, so it didn't make sense to pay to ship our belongings in our island. We didn't have much worth keeping, and we figured we would just start over after we got settled in. We had several yard sales to get rid of most of our stuff and to make some extra cash, and gave away the rest. We shipped my car ahead of time, which I packed full of things we would need right away. Blankets and pillows, silverware and clothes, and a flat screen TV. We packed up several suitcases and two fat cats and made our way to Oahu. We spent the first night sleeping on the floor, which we vowed never to do again. The fun and excitement of camping out in our new empty townhouse soon wore off when we woke up with sore muscles and aching bones. We had no extra money, but we broke down and bought an air mattress until we could afford a bed. My husband had met a couple at work who were moving in together and had a whole list of items they were giving away. They were nice enough to give us dishes and towels, pots and pans, and a side table, and we bought their love seat for 50 bucks. A few months later, I found out I was pregnant. When my mother-in-law learned that we were sleeping on an air mattress, she insisted that we have a real bed. So as a gift, she bought us one. It was such a relief to finally sleep in a solid bed big enough for the two of us. My husband was a fantastic sleeper. My son is actually the same. Once they are out, they are out cold and nothing can wake them up. Fireworks, thunder, party going on next door. And I'm the complete opposite. Every movement, thought, or sound will wake me out of sleep. Someone changing positions, snoring, talking in their sleep, you name it. I used to tease my husband about his ability to protect me in the middle of the night. By the time I would be able to wake him out of sleep, it would be too late. When my son was little, he used to come to our bed in the middle of the night. It started out as a frantic running across the house, breathing heavy, as if he was woken up from a bad dream. Then, over time, it became a casual stroll. I'm not even sure he was fully awake when he was doing it. I would scoot away from the edge of the bed and let him in on my side. I didn't have the heart or the energy to send him back to his room. There was a part of me that felt safe with all of us in bed together. There were times that I would wake up to see my son's foot in my husband's face and just cringe. He had to wake up so early to fight the morning traffic that I felt bad if his sleep was disturbed. I asked him a few times if he wanted me to put our son back in his own bed and he said, no, it's okay. I secretly like him here. When my son was four, after my husband had already left for work one morning, he rolled off the side of the bed onto the nightstand. 
I felt him falling and was then jump scared out of sleep by the sound of him screaming. He split his top lip open and it was bleeding. I jumped up and rushed him into the bathroom. I put a washcloth over his lip, but every time I would take it off to check, blood would squirt out of it. At the time, my husband and I shared a car, which he had already taken to work. When I called to tell him what happened, he told me he was on his way. By the time he got back home, the bleeding had stopped, but every time my son would smile, we could see the huge gap in his lip. We called the pediatrician and then took him to the hospital for stitches. A few years later, when my husband moved out unexpectedly, the bed suddenly felt enormous. I would wake up in the night and look over to just see empty space. And soon after that, instead of coming to my bed in the middle of the night, my son started sleeping there full time. When my husband died, I asked my son if there was anything of his daddy's that he wanted to keep. He said, his side of the bed. It wasn't exactly convenient, given that his bedtime is earlier than mine, and he's always needed me to be with him until he falls asleep. So some adjustments were made. We would go to bed at his bedtime, and I would read with a book light or scroll through my phone until he fell asleep. And over time, it has just become our routine. There have been brief periods where he has slept in his own bed. But something, like a scary movie or a nightmare, always happens that makes him come back into my bed. To be honest, it has actually helped me have a better bedtime routine. By the time he falls asleep and I've read for a while, I'm too tired to stay up late watching TV or doing anything else. So I just go to sleep. Because of my frequent migraine attacks and trips to the chiropractor, I recently became convinced that I needed a new bed immediately. I realized that my bed is over 12 years old now. It's been on my never-ending to-do list for a while now to get a new one, but I kept putting it off. It seemed like an awfully big task with a lot of decisions to be made, and I don't know the first thing about beds. But I became convinced that it was the cause of my neck constantly needing adjustments and waking up every other day in pain. So I marched right into the mattress store and asked for help. I gave the salesperson all the pertinent information, like that I'm a side sleeper and that my son still sleeps in my bed, and that I like big, heavy blankets, but I get hot in the middle of the night. I was shown a few options and got to work testing them out. I was lying on this one and that one. And as I was doing that, it dawned on me that this was no time to be cheap. This was an investment, and I really value my sleep. So I decided to splurge. I purchased a cooling foam mattress with an adjustable base. A mattress protector, pillows, and sheets were included, along with an extended warranty. We made arrangements for delivery of the new bed and removal of the old one for the following day. As I drove away, I was elated. I couldn't wait to finally get a good night's sleep. And then I felt it. This little nagging thought in the back of my mind, 
the old bed, our bed, is the last connection I have to my late husband. It's the same bed we slept in all those years. It's symbolic of all the things that were, all the things that should have been, and all the things that never will be. Getting rid of it felt like getting rid of him. I never expected to feel so attached to something like a bed. To be honest, I'm not really that sentimental. Maybe it's because I've moved so many times in my life or that clutter makes me anxious, but I secretly love getting rid of stuff. My husband was a pack rat, saving every receipt, every ticket stub, every business card he ever came in contact with. And my son is a self-proclaimed hoarder. Everything that kid has ever touched is special and has to be saved. Meanwhile, I have no problem parting with most things that I don't see any use for anymore. I am constantly donating, storing, or tossing things out. I used to joke around with my husband by sending a text that said, hide all your shit, I'm cleaning the house. I know logically that the bed is not a part of him and that getting rid of it doesn't change how I feel. It doesn't mean I don't love him anymore or that he's no longer a part of me. I also know that I can always hold on to those memories even after it's gone. But tell that to my heart. It's so hard to think we're moving on without him. Grief is a never-ending journey full of surprises. And I just keep trying to find a way to move forward without letting him go. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow my blog at mymessylittlelife.com. And you can also follow my Messy Little Life podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, take good care. Aloha.